the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. The NASDAQ up 7.2% year to date. Wow. That'll open eyes on should it be in, should it be out? Of people who are waiting for the bottom, were you expecting maybe this big of a move? I'm not telling you to invest. <clears throat> SP 500 up 3.88% for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up one less than 1%. Percent up seven tenths of one percent. Bitcoin's up thirty seven percent, sitting at twenty two thousand seven twenty six. Tesla up twenty three percent for the year. Now, obviously, Bitcoin and Tesla were way oversold last year. Fundamentally, how do you feel about them? I don't know. Celebration turned to tragedy in Southern California over the weekend as ten people were killed when a gunman opened fire in a ballroom dance studio. The attack occurred as thousands celebrated the Lunar New Year's Eve in the major majority. Majorly major? No, no, no. How am I going to try? Uh, any very heavy Asian community? Is that the right way of saying it? I don't know. I don't know. Majority Asian American. That's the way I'm saying it. Um, again, senseless. Yes. Uh, I, why do I even do stories like that? This is a financial show. I think I do it because I try to show you the stuff happens that you're not thinking is going to happen. And that's one of the reasons we have term life insurance. I don't think you need whole life. I don't think you need variable life. But what happens if you are one of the senseless victims? For me, I would leave 10 years of work on the table. Maybe that's how long I want to work left. I know you're saying you think of everything that way. I kind of do. Department of Justice is finding more classified documents at Biden's home. Investigators say they found six more items with classified markings at President Biden's Delaware residence following a 13 hour search on Friday. Um, Both Democrats and Republicans said they were concerned about these and other findings of classified docs that have dripped out in the past few weeks. Biden said he has no regrets about his handling of the situation. And his team and other Democrats have tried to emphasize how Biden has cooperated with authorities in the investigation. Uh, it's going to be an interesting two years as we start back into the presidential cycle very, very soon. Avatar 2 top $2 billion at the box office. It's Jaren, James Cameron's world. We're just swimming in it. Very long movie. Very long movie. Uh, the way the water top $2 billion. There's been nothing in movie theaters really that has been compelling in the last six weeks. 
nothing that could like jar us into saying like we're gonna take we're gonna go see that one just to see that like boost in boots. No thank you. You get to a certain age where you just barely got out of orbit of animation movies that your kids want you to go to, and then you're like, sweet, I'm in the clear. Avatar, the way the water top $2 billion at the box office. It'll be just a matter of days until Avatar 2 climbs from number six to number four on the list of all time most revenue from a movie. James Cameron is now responsible for three of those six Avatar, Titanic, and Avatar 2. The other players Avengers Endgame, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and The Avengers Infinity War. I'm pretty sure I missed three or four of those Avenger movies, but I still think I know what happened in the end. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, James Cameron. He, he's you got to give him credit here. He plans to release three more Avatar movies in the next five years. So we get 2023 off, but we get another one in 2024. So we got that to look forward to. The IRS is starting to accept tax returns today, all the way through April 18th, in case you're not excited about paying taxes. Woo, taxes. Thank you, y'all goosed up. A lot of Americans are probably going to see a lower refund this year because several COVID-era tax breaks expired. It's earnings season, yes, but it's also award season. The nomination for the Academy Awards will be revealed tomorrow. All quiet on the Western Front, the Banshees of Nishiran Elvis, the Fablemans, they're expected to get the most nominations. Of course, James Cameron will get all the technical ones, right? Elon Musk has returned to the stand today in a trial over his infamous Tesla tweet in 2018, where he said he had funding secured. Oh, the testimony. The testimony of people trying to say, well, he kind of had testi- uh, funding secured. It's kind of a handshake. But secured, that's not quite what that means. Ooh, bad boy, bad boy. Ticketmaster. A Senate subcommittee is going to hold a hearing on Ticketmaster's market dominance in light of the Taylor Swift tour debacle. Isn't that kind of funny? It took Taylor Swift to maybe, maybe, I'm not saying she will, but to maybe bring the attention to Ticketmaster in a congressional light. I don't know. Beyonce gave her first full concert performance in four years for the unofficial opening of the Atlantis, the Royal Hotel in Dubai. Rumors are she got paid $22 million for one show. Okay. But you know what? Beyonce's probably going to be starting a tour in the United States and Europe. And will Ticketmaster be ready for that one? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Seeing what sticks. Tim Cook's slow and steady management method. Apple is the only big tech company that has not conducted sweeping layoffs recently. A lot of tech companies rapidly hired new people. And again, this is something we saw last week when you heard Amazon's going to lay off 18,000 people. But when you look at the last two years, the, the net ads are double that. Same thing with Google. Google's laying off a lot of employees, but the net ads are still triple what they're laying off. So what's your perspective? Are they evil because they're laying off people that they overhired? That they gave jobs to during the pandemic? Uh-oh. 
social alarm going off, social alarm going off. Let's say job cut January. Is that fair? Full swing. Um, Job cuts are good for Wall Street. And I, I bring this up kind of in a very insensitive manner. The month of January 2023 has already seen more tech layoffs than the entire first half of 2022 combined. Microsoft, Amazon, Google, other tech giants. Amazon announcing 10,000 in November, then an additional 8,000 last week. Microsoft announced it's going to reduce its workforce by 10,000. Google's letting go of 12,000. Again, the perspective that media wants you to see is that tech companies are cruel. And the person taking all the fire on this right now, I should be almost out of time. The person taking the fire on this right now is Elon Musk. 30. Um, Having gone into Twitter and made it the biggest poop show in tech, the other tech companies can kind of hide behind his cover at this point in time. Just throwing it out there for you. Um, This time last year, we laid off about 45,000 total tech workers in January. This year, about 55,000. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. One of the things that I did over the weekend was I test drove some electric vehicles for research purposes. I drove the Kia EV6 and the Hyundai Ionic 5 to see how they they stack up against Elon Musk. This is the fun part of my job on occasion. And no, I didn't, you know, submit a receipt or anything like that. Tesla's by far the leader in electric vehicles in the United States. Um, as the market continues to grow, Elon Musk's slice of the pie is shrinking. And that is expected for the foreseeable future. But when you go from 3% to 5% penetration, it was basically all Tesla. Not quite, but that's what it felt like. Now, as we build in the United States towards 25%, 30%, that's a big, that's a lot of revenue. A lot of revenue. I think it's fair to say if you're in the revenue side of gasoline-powered vehicles, you're going to see a decline in revenues. So if you sell fuel filters... In the future, you're going to see fewer fuel filters. For some reason, that's tough for me to say. Two times fast. Um, I think the cars are kind of cool. Now, again, I'm getting on the older side. I'm not 25, 30. I'm not in my the, the, the height of my spryness and my ability to say what cool is and isn't. But for years, Tesla's biggest competitors were hatchbacks with... Daring heads turn styling. I would say the EV6 and Ionic 5 are anything but dorky. They're actually kind of nice to look at on the road. I'm not going to get into a long set of features that I liked and didn't like, but the high tech I did. Two SUVs excel or matters the most is in range. They're both rated for at least 300 miles of driving and they're pricier, larger batter, battery variants, which is nothing to sneeze at. They claim to recoup 70% of their battery level in just 18 minutes when plugged into a high-powered charging station. They get 70% of their battery level in just 18 minutes. That's pretty sweet. We're not at the point where it's as convenient as, you know, pumping up in five minutes and driving another 400 miles on the road, but we're getting there. 
Interesting features include onboard electric power, which you can use to charge a laptop or even prepare a meal on the go. Like you could plug a toaster in. I know you're saying that feels kind of surprising that you would say that's cool. I think we're still kind of figuring out what we can and can't do when you electrify a car. Um, spacious enough for me. I don't know if it's spacious enough to say that it's going to replace a SUV that you used to throw like chair in and drop it off at your friend's house. That screen had games, surveillance system, web browser. Um, it's okay. I, I'm not that into it. Um, I like the way they drive. So I'm a little bit, is this fair to say when I look at Tesla now, I see the goofier side of Twitter of Elon Musk and not necessarily the EV side or the guy who did, I was, I was pretty cool with boring. I thought like, Oh, he's gonna put tunnels under the planet. That's kind of fun. Um, but the whole Twitter thing has just become mean. He gets kind of like backed in a corner in an argument. He calls people pedophiles. It's like, okay. He's like my 10 year old kid. I get it. Um, I just don't think, I don't know. It's, and again, I think this is the Kardashian effect of the world. People like to be famous and take a look at the Royals right now with Megan and Harry. And I think people enjoy being famous to the point that they'll like lower their attitude, lower their, their quality of standards in, in public. And it started with the Kardashians. And I could be totally wrong with the Kardashians to like putting it all on them, but you give me a billion dollars and I'll make a mockery of my family. Or you give me a hundred million, I'll, I'll I'll do it on like a uh, Rob moves his family to the South show. Watch all the wackiness that ensues. What happens when California meets the deep South? Find out on next week's episode of Back in Blacks. Yeah, it's brutal having a last name Black. I know because people say, "How do you spell that?" And you're like, um, "Like the color." And they're like, oh, 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 okay. So January is considered to be a dry month in the world. I think I hit everything I hit on those vehicles. I don't, um, anything more and it's real car review. And I don't want you to think that's who I am. I'll just say, I, I think they're really nice. And I think there's going, the car industry is going to mature intelligently. And it's interesting because you have to throw Tesla in that mix of all cars sold going forward and not just, a, oh, they're the electric vehicle guys. I think that's what I was trying to get out of that whole shtick. Sorry about that. So, you know, January has been known as a dry January month. Um, that's a fun thing to do. It's just nice to do with your family, kind of reset. Um, but what's even more important is it gives you an opportunity to explore new things in January, alcohol-free lifestyles. And getting like, instead of getting a boozy drink, you can get a boozy counterpart to it and... There's an emergency industry of alcohol-free ingredients. It's inspiring bartenders to rethink cocktails right now. Sober bars are cropping up in major cities throughout the United States. They're nearly indistinguishable from their boozy counterparts. They're colorful. They're well-presented. They're packed with interesting flavor. Um, but they make a really good non-alcoholic cocktail. Now, is this something to invest in? Hmm. I would say not. Um, I. It's... Not the bar side isn't. Oh, do you see where this struggles? Feels a bit like you're suddenly going more into groceries, which are very low margin. 
alcohol, very high margin. Um, and there's a lot of good alcohol investments. There's something I would refer to as a sin index. You can take a look at it. Ticker symbol is V-I-C-E-X, Vice X. And it's a mutual fund that tracks basically sins. And this could be companies that make missiles. You get the idea, right? It's, it's really not what you think it is. A little bit different. Um, is it appropriate for everyone? No. I don't want you thinking that it's appropriate for everyone. Some of the top holdings, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Philip Morris, Bernal, Ricard, DraftKings. Oof, oof, that has to be a herder to performance. Constellation Brands, Diageo. So you can see that there's some alcohol in there. There's some gaming, some defense aerospace, some tobacco. What are known as vice industries. Again, not really investment advice. Um, I would I would cherry pick a couple names on that list. But if you go back to the 2003, the fund was trading for about $8. Now it's trading for about $24. One minute. Which, not the best return as a group. Um, more than doubling, tripling over a 20-year period. Um, for me, what would be attractive about it would be the dividends. But it's not a big enough dividend for me. And they mix in things like DraftKings, which it should have a great future at some point in time, but they spend so much money on marketing to win. I, I, I can't invest in that. Losing too much money, not in this market. No, thank you. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So a lot of times Wall Street works with bad news is good news. It's a really insane thing to say out loud especially when you live in California and a part of California on the coast where it's, you know, I think there's two types of politicians. There's liberals and there's Democrats. Um, that was a joke told to me 25 years ago. And I think it kind of still holds true. When I do a story like Spotify stock rises as it cuts 6% of its staff, there's people out there right now who cringe like, yo, you're just trying to, you know, it's all about the money to you. Those are people with real jobs. I agree. It's, it stinks that this is what I do for a living at times. Banks are taking on PayPal and Apple Pay with plans for a payment wall of their own. In theory, um, PayPal is down today because of that. Obviously, Apple's a little bit more diversified than PayPal. Um but I've gotten more and more and more used to using my phone to pay at the register. How about you? You know, a lot of times we talk about how technology, like last week I was talking about a phone booth and almost how ridiculous it was that I would, you know, try to save a quarter by calling my mom and hanging up the phone. And that was the, the, the thing like, Oh, I just saved a quarter. So come pick me up. Wink, wink. No, you know what? And it's like, Oh wow. Cringy, cringy, cringy. <laughs> But I think you could do the same thing with, you know, current tech stocks and how fast things are changing. There's no doubt about that in my mind. 
when Bitcoin, um, it's worthy of note, Bitcoin is now out of the bear market and technically it started another bull market. I'm not telling you to go and do anything. I will let you know when I do. So bad news is good news on Wall Street and Spotify laying off 6% of its workforce. You're seeing the stock go higher. Now, that doesn't mean that they've done enough to say this is going to be an 18-month, 24-month, 36-month period where you're going to see Spotify continue to grow. Best thing that could happen to Spotify would be a court case basically telling the world that you know Apple services are too much of a monopoly, whether it be their stores or how much they're charging in fees. Um, again, Apple's going to say, you know, those sensitive pictures on your phone are protected because we don't let companies like Spotify use, you know, approve whatever software they want on your phone. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about some stocks in the news today, shall we? Wayfair up 24%, up 24%. What do you think could cause that kind of move? A buyout? No. They make furniture, okay? They're cutting 1,700 employees, 10% of its workforce. So again, when I say bad news is good news, don't get mad at me. I'm not the only one thinking this. Um, Xylem, their technology company, they announced that they're going to acquire Evoqua, which is a wastewater treatment system company, an all-transaction deal, all stocks. Um, Aqua, up. 11%, a wastewater treatment systems company. I don't feel like my spouse is terribly informed on wastewater, right? I see things go down the toilet that should not go down the toilet. I'm like, you don't really need to put that in there. Um, I don't think I'm going to get into a long diatribe about how we manage our waste in the United States, but let's just put it this way. Waste is big business. Big business. AMD's higher today and Qualcomm's higher today. They were both upgraded to overweight from equal weight. Interesting. The analysts also raised their price target on NVIDIA, also outperforming today. Caesars Las Vegas rose 4.3% today after the casino company disclosed in regulatory filing that their earnings and revenue estimates have surpassed investors' expectations. That's kind of cool pays to read those quarterly filings and the S filings. Those are SEC documents that tell you how a company is doing in between their quarter, their quarterly update, as well as their 10K, their annual uh, update. Newell Brands, they make um, rubbery things and Sharpie pens. Uh, they make markers. They don't say that they're planning to cut 13% of their office positions. Do you see again, Wall Street? This is something, I don't know. Adam Phillips at EP Wealth, he's been focused on seeing earnings coming down. I've been focused on seeing the job cuts. And it's kind of funny because it's almost like two brothers who do the same thing in the stock market want very similar reactions to get it dust to a healthier long-term level of inflation and a healthier long-term growth expectations. And yet we're looking at kind of two different things. So PayPal today, and this is where I started this whole, let's talk individual stocks. They're, you know, they're down slightly, not big. 
But Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, and four other banks are creating a digital wallet that can be utilized for online shopping. This is obviously to go after PayPal and Apple as well. Um, but PayPal is just more of a pure play on digital wallets. Do you remember the first time you had PayPal and someone sent you money? Um, I always feel weird. It's uh, There's this guilt thing when someone, like if someone tutors my kid, and they're like, can you pay me on PayPal? And I'm like, are you going to report that on your taxes? <laughs> you you kind of want to throw that out there. But if it's legit tutor, if it's a high school kid, yes, I like, but see here, I am bending the rules. Uh, there is no right answer. Sometimes I, I want to mention it's okay to have some fun stocks too. Here's a goofy example. You can go out and buy your kids a share, one share if you want. You don't have to buy two. One share in Ferrari. One of the greatest ticker symbols of all time, race, R-A-C-E. Um, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. It's not just getting behind the wheel of a Ferrari that's exciting, but investing in Ferrari. If you're a car enthusiast or your spouse is a car enthusiast or your child's a car enthusiast, um, I do think it's smart to invest in like a video game stock. If your kids into video games, just show them it doesn't have to make all the money in the world. Uh, I own shares of Apple and I once dated someone and she laughed at me because I was like, yeah, I used Apple products and uh, I use Apple pay and I, I use the Apple store versus going on Amazon when I want an Apple product. Like, I'm a little loyal because I invest in the company. I think that is something that's smart to try to do with your kids. I know grown grown adults, and this is always embarrassing, that are really into Disney. Because the conversations, I'm like, you can't be that into Disney, really. Come on, it's 10 o'clock. The kids are in bed. You can't really be this into Disney. And some people are that into Disney. But if you're if you're you've got a kid who's into Disney or Star Wars movies, buy a share of Disney, um, and then like go over an uh, annual report. Uh, if you get the annual reports, they're really really cool. Many 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 years ago, I dated a graphic designer who was like the love of my life, Juliet, and she designed uh, annual reports for corporations. Unfortunately, they were kind of the boring ones. She was a designer in Pittsburgh, so it was a lot of financial banks on the East Coast that she designed for. But um, if you get that annual report, it's really cool. The, f- the first page has the share a uh, letter from the owner or CEO, excuse me. And you kind of get their vision of what's going on. And then you turn a couple of pages and it's like a 15 page glossy. You can get the PDF version if you want to save with paper. But around page 15, it's going to show you who all the competition is. Somewhere on 14, it's going to say there's lawsuits pending against the company. It's a sales document that is reviewed by compliance and it tries to disclose the risks. Now you're, you're looking at it and you're like, this is a glossy, beautiful piece. Look, like, look at how these charts look. They're awesome. Yeah. She's the same one that would, a uh, woman that would look in her closet that night for 30 minutes to decide to what she's going to wear the next day. But let's go back to Ferrari. Um, I think Ferrari has big fat profit margins. They've got faster growth in the overall market of autos. They got less cyclicality. I think their stock, uh, you mentioned in the same breath as Hermes um, and Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, not in the same breath as GM, 
or Toyota. I think Porsche is more of a luxury item. Ferrari intentionally underproduces relative to demand to drive scarcity and price at a premium. Their gross profits in the car industry, top 50%. GM's right around 20%. So if you're going to buy a car company, I would buy rather buy one that have fatter margins and skinnier margins, um, which goes back to, I don't really invest in grocery stores because you're going to get like a 2% margin at a Safeway. But if you buy from Whole Foods, they're going to get like a 15% margin. So if I were to buy a grocery stores, I'd go after the more high-end one. That's that's just more comfort for me. Bernard Arnault, Louis Vuitton, 24 times earnings Gucci and goes for about 16 times. Cartier sells for about 20 times. Hermes sells for 47 times earnings. So where should Ferrari be? 30, 35? I don't know this to be true, but I would imagine they're still going to be making Ferraris the day I die. And then you're like, well, how do they fit in the whole electric vehicle world, Rob? 30. And that's where I'm in over my head. And that's why I don't invest in own shares of Ferrari. If I had a kid who was totally into sports cars, I would own shares of Ferrari. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up February 9th. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. It's in Cupertino. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So part of creating wealth is, in my opinion, maxing out your 401k at work and then going out and having a normal life. If you can raise your right hand and repeat after me, I will put in 15% of my paycheck from age 20 to 60. I will stay fully employed within reason minus diseases, death in the families, or maybe a one-year sabbatical. If you were to tell me you're going to put 15% of your wages in the stock market, bond market, real estate market, over a 40-year career, 30-year career, from 20 to 50, 20 to 60, whatever you want to say, I'd be like stoked for you. I'd be like, I I think you can now go find a spouse and make a baby and start living life because you've checkboxed one big thing. Now, when you go buy a house, don't buy too big of a house. And when you go find a spouse, don't get the wrong spouse because houses and spouses are very expensive to separate from. There's a lot to this game. One of the things that I want to talk about is that I bought real estate in my 20s, my 30s, and 40s, my 50s now. I've bought it in every 10-year period of my life. I'm no longer a first-time home buyer. I have lost that status many, many years ago. And I look at things now, one of the statistics that jumps out to me is, well, first and foremost, every home I've bought, I've felt a little bit of stress and anxiety over None of them have I gone like after one year have I gone. That's the dumbest thing I've ever done. But the day I'm doing it, I'm like, this could be the dumbest thing I've ever, I'm ever going to do. The percentage of home buyers that are first time buyers is at the lowest level that I've ever seen. We are now all the way down to back in 1980, the first time home buyer was 44% of all transactions. And then it went on like an eight-year period where it fell to 40%, 35%, 30%. Then it crept back up. 
Now the percentage of home buyers in 2008, 2010 was the last great bear market in housing. Where I bought at the tail end of 2008, and I'm pleased that I did because I sold that home 12 years later at an enormous gain. I bought at the near the bottom line of prices. Um, and then I just saw it rebound. But we're not here to talk about me right now. We're talking about the percentage of first time home buyers now in 2022 is sitting at 27%. It's never gone that low. The lowest I ever saw it was late 80s when it was down to 30. But we're cracking and we're going straight down right now. It's it's embarrassing to look at this chart. So the pandemic exasperated inequalities in the housing market. It was fairly easy for me to put together financing in the pandemic. I had all my paperwork pretty accessible and addressable. As a first time buyer, you go through that for the first time. You're like, what do you mean you need uh um, two years of checks. What do you mean you need three years of tax returns? And you're like, oh, I forgot to file my taxes. I'm young. This is my first house. I didn't know that was going to be a deal breaker. Sorry, I guess it's a deal breaker. The new first-time home buyer profile of the typical first-time home buyer. I always like profiles when it comes to things like real estate investors. Um, the first-time homeowner is getting older. They're getting richer. They're more likely to be unmarried. They're more likely to be moving right from their parents' home. Older, richer, single, and moving from mom and dad's. That's the first-time home buyer, the typical right now. The shifting age of the first-time home buyer back in 1981 was 29 years. Over the next 30 years, that number barely changed. Um, in 2010, the typical age of a first-time home buyer was 30. But now the first-time home buyer's typical age has jumped from roughly 30 back in 1981 all the way to 36. Now you're starting to see the trend, right? Um, first-time home buyers are skewing older for the foreseeable future. Higher mortgage rates are stretching people's budgets. Other changes in the typical first-time home buyer, um, growing challenges of saving up for down payment. As home prices have moved up, putting 10% or 20% down has obviously a percentage of that purchase price, right? Um, I still think the rural areas or the um, outer suburban areas are more affordable and I would have no shame in going that direction. Typically, homes sit on the market longer. That's okay. Um, but anywhere I would ever buy a home, it's always going to be close to jobs or college. That's important to me. So I want someone to basically be able to buy my home. The composition of first-time homebuyers in 1981 68% were married. In 2022, it's 49%. The race ethnicity hasn't changed a lot from 2003 to 2022. Last year, 43.5% of black households owned a home compared with 74.6% of white households. One minute. That hasn't changed a lot in 31 years.
give or take one to two percent. I would say one of the things that you could see identify as a homeowner now is the haves versus the have nots. Um, in the last decade, the average homeowner has accumulated two hundred ten thousand dollars in equity. Um, the typical down payment for a home has more than doubled during the pandemic alone to sixty six thousand. So being able to get in and give it time to create some equity for you is important, but it's tougher to get in, is it not? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.